Welcome to the Real Marathon Podcast, the podcast where we ta- talk about the best in film each and every week. I'm Rob Carraher. And I'm Danny Carraher. And today we are talking about Ridley Scott's new film, The Last Duel. Uh, we're going to talk about that here in a moment. But before we get there, let's talk about what movies are coming out this week. Um, as we've been saying for the last several weeks, we are now uh, in a time of the year where there's a lot of good stuff coming out. And quite honestly, we're probably not going to see everything. Um, so the big movie that is coming out this week is one that both of us are highly anticipating, and that is Dune. I don't think that we have to say much about it because we've been talking about it um, pretty much all through the summer. Um, but finally, we are here. Um, we're going to go see Dune this weekend on the IMAX, and I'm pretty excited about it. Yep, I'm very excited as well. I think it's going to be um, just the best movie-going experience I, I have this year. That's how high my, I, my expectations are. Well, that's good. I, I think that it's uh, kind of in juxtaposition of your experience heading into the last duel where your expectations were really low uh, yep. initially. Um, yeah, we, we kind of get the opposite side of the uh, side of things now. Um, yeah. So Dune. Dune is the big movie coming out this week. Uh, we're going to see it. We're going to review it for the show. Um, and we're really excited about doing so. Um, the other movie that's going to get a full release this week is Ron's Gone Wrong. And this is an animated film. Um, It's been playing at some of the festivals. Uh, It probably is going to be a player for animated film um, about a robot that uh, is kind of a companion of this kid and some things go awry. Have you heard anything about that, Danny? It just suddenly kind of started being marketed and uh, isn't it Zach Galifianakis who's involved and yeah, I, I, I'm, I think it seems interesting. I, I think it maybe be worth seeing in terms of an animated movie. Yep. Uh, it seemed like this is a pretty big year for animated movies. Um, so it's crowded field, but uh, it certainly seems like it could be a player. Um, the other big film that is getting a, uh, limited release this week is the French Dispatch, and initially we thought it was going to be coming out this weekend. It is not. It is not coming out till the following weekend here in the Omaha metro area. So we're going to push that off a little bit um, because obviously we can't review it if we can't see it. So uh, we're, we're both excited, obviously, for that. Uh, we wouldn't have done our Wes Anderson marathon if we weren't really excited for this film. So yeah, we can wait. We can wait one week longer. Yeah. I, I think that's fun. Um, Yeah, so we will do that. Um, And then there are a couple other movies that are coming out this week. The Electrical Life of Lewis Wayne, uh, which is a Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch film that has been uh, playing at some of the festivals. It's kind of been received to mixed reviews, um, but uh, it looks very creative. looks like the sort of movie that maybe down the line I'd be interested in seeing. But because we just have so much to see right now, um, the chances of me actually getting to see it anytime soon are not very good. Yeah. Um, this is the year of Benedict Cumberbatch. It seems like he's made a bunch of movies and he's going to be in a bunch of movies this year. Yep. And yeah. Kind of between, between him and Adam driver, they're just stealing, yep. stealing the scene in every movie. Um, all right. And then the last one is the uh, Western, which is, I believe going to be on Netflix called the harder they fall. Um, and this stars, a, it has a huge uh, cast of black actors. Um, Idris Elba looks like he is the star of the show. And it seems like it's been getting some pretty good reviews. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see this because my gut tells me that this is uh, taking on the formula of a typical Western film, but uh, is going to have some pretty interesting things to say. What have you heard about this film, Danny? I heard almost nothing about it, but uh, I did see a brief teaser maybe a while back, and it seems interesting. I'd, I'd see it. Yeah. And it says it's on Netflix. I think it's going to be a little bit easier for us to just say, yep, I'm going to watch this tonight um, just because it's it's readily available. But I think that kind of plays in a little bit what we were saying about Netflix and how they don't always market their movies real well. Um, 
And I think that that it could, could not pay off for them. Um, they're going to have to maybe figure out if they, maybe they're just saving it for their end of year movies, but it just doesn't seem like they have been marketing their movies overly well. Um, so we're, we're going to, we're going to see. Uh, they um, almost rely on another production company. That's part of the, like, you know how there's multiple studios. Yeah, 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 yeah. They almost rely on somebody to do that on their own. Like Netflix won't do it for them. You know? Yeah. Um, and I, now I can't think of what the name of the, the film is, but it's a uh, Ryan Reynolds um, film that is coming out. That's a Netflix film, but I saw a trailer for it before the last duel. And uh, I'm not overly interested in it, but it was interesting because they, they played a trailer before a movie for, um, a film that is going to get somewhat of a theatrical release, but it's mostly going to be a Netflix film. Yeah, that's um, interesting. And then uh, I know they've been doing a pretty good job with uh, Don't Look Up. That's been kind of the one movie that, that has been being pushed pretty heavily um, as a Netflix film. And so, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to, to play itself out. But like we said, like they haven't done a fantastic job of really pushing some of these movies that probably could be a lot more popular if they did. So um, that takes care of what is, is coming out this week. I do want to quickly just talk about uh, a trailer that dropped this weekend that uh, I think we were both pretty excited for uh, the Batman, uh, the newest Batman movie from director Matt Reeves is going to be coming out March 4th. Uh, of 2022 and they released a pretty long trailer for this and it looks absolutely incredible i think that uh, i i'm going to be geeking out for it for the next few months mm -hmm. um it's a good thing there's a lot of good stuff between now and then <laughs> to, to keep me preoccupied because i am very 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 excited for this movie well, and it's also the sort of thing where i'll say something like we don't need another superhero movie and the, the trailer comes out i'm like that looks pretty good. Yeah, you see that. Um, so I, I think that it, we've. I've said to you multiple times. I think it looks kind of David Fincher esque, and that that's an exciting aspect to the movie. I've heard people say that it's leaning pretty hard into the uh, noir type uh, storyline. So I think that there's going to be a lot of narration from. Uh, Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne or Batman, Batman. And I think that makes this potentially even more interesting. I agree. All right. Well, that kind of wraps things up for the beginning of our show. So when we come back from this break, we are going to be talking about the film, The Last Duel, uh, directed by Ridley Scott. So stay right there. And we are back and we're looking at Ridley Scott's latest film, The Last Duel. He's got two movies coming out this year and this is the first of the two. Um, definitely not as uh, clearly marketed and doesn't seem like this had the, the big ramp up to it of being his big movie, but um, I'm excited to see what you um, have to say about this movie. This is a movie that's about a, that's based on a true story. Uh, I think that that's pretty loose. There's definitely going to be some liberties taken in this story that we might talk about, but it covers the story of uh, Jean du Courage um, and his wife, Marguerite, who accuses their former friend of sexually assaulting or raping her. And it's about the dispute being settled in a final battle between the two knights, the knight and the squire in this case. Um, the cast has Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Jodie Comer, um, with Ben Affleck as a uncharacteristically Ben Affleck character. I mean, it's, it's totally, I want to talk about that. I'm excited. Um, and uh, a really great uh, supporting cast around th those actors as well. Um, this is a screenplay that was written by Nicole Holof, uh, Holof Center and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. I think they, I heard something about how Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote the uh, kind of men's perspective in this. And then uh, Nicole Holof Center 
wrote uh, Marguerite's uh, perspective. And this is a story that's told in three different perspectives. So um, this is a, a movie, like I said, snuck up on me a little bit. I obviously was aware that it was coming out, but it didn't seem like it had a big push. And as we got closer, I was getting more and more excited to see it. Now we've seen it. What do we think of it, Rob? Go ahead and tell us. So uh, I think I always kind of had a little bit more um, uh, interest in this than you did up until probably the last couple weeks when it started to ramp up. And then I think you got overly excited for it and maybe more so than I did than I was. Um, I, I went into this movie thinking I knew what it was going to be. And I was not right. <laughs> um, it, it ended up taking some turns uh, that I was not expecting and that was quite refreshing uh i we we've talked about previously on this show that neither of us are a huge ridley scott fan we think he makes good looking movies that are really well produced and from a technical standpoint are very very sound um they're not the most overly special when it comes to the technical aspects of things um they're just very very well done and that is definitely the case here uh this is a classic Ridley Scott uh, production, and uh, in, I, I think that that's a positive in the sense of, of this film. But it is the story and the performances that absolutely blew me away, um, and I ended up giving this movie a 9 out of 10. Uh, I had even considered giving it a 10 out of 10. Um, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, as of right now, everything that has come out, this is my favorite movie of the year. Um, and I was not expecting that to be the case at all. Um, I think that we'll take a break at some point here. Uh, we can make this maybe a little shorter and then we're going to have a spoiler half of this. Cause I want to talk about a few things that will not only spoil this film, but also spoil some other movies and stories. Uh, and so, um, I don't want to do that here in this this portion, but this this screenplay uh, written by Nicole Holof Center and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, based upon the book by Eric Yeager or Jaeger, um, it it is a fantastic screenplay, and it's because of the way that they tell this film through multiple perspectives um, and how just the nuanced differences between those perspectives as we're seeing the same things kind of play out um, multiple times. Uh, it, it was brilliant in my opinion. I think it's absolutely brilliant um, how they managed to tell this story and say some really important things without just shoving it in your face. Uh, there's a lot of subtlety to what they are trying to say. And for a, a story that is set very, very, very long time ago, it felt very re relevant. And, uh, and I, we can get into that a little bit more when we get into the spoiler section of the show. But uh, that to me was super refreshing um, because at the beginning of the movie, it felt like this is just kind of another uh, Ridley Scott medieval uh, war type movie and it was going to play out in that way and it just simply did not uh, and so I was absolutely uh, blown away by the way that this this film unfolds. Yeah it was funny because we were hanging out this weekend and somebody asked what our top movies were and I said I couldn't tell you I couldn't say because I didn't want to spoil what mine was and I'm Exactly. I'm super excited that you felt the same way because I was like, man, is this my favorite movie? This is definitely my favorite movie of this year. And so I gave it a nine as well. Um, a lot of the reasons that you already said, I think the story is a huge part of that. Um, uh, one thing that I want to talk specifically about in terms of how that they do that is they have uh, scenes seen uh, repeated. Um, multiple times and 
I, I've heard some people saying that's a critique of the movie because they're not enough different, but I think that they're subtly different enough. Yeah. And it gets you to be such a really engaged and close watching viewer of the movie. And I was from, from just like little things like the editing being slightly different. Yep. The performances just being a hair different and then maybe uh, dialogues shifting just a tad, like all the little things matter so much in this movie. And so I thought that like anytime that that the, uh, director or storyteller can get you to pay attention that closely, I think that that's really uh, uh, an achievement. Um, so that was a great aspect of the movie to me. And then um, I, you know, I, we've talked about the uh, way that we're not huge Ridley Scott fans and just how he is, what he he's known for is just putting together a good production and you know, like, I, I think it's w- worth acknowledging how good the production is, again, of this movie. Um, it's all, honestly, like, I didn't, I felt comfortable in it right away. It felt fully realized. He has a lot of people that have to be working together to create that feeling. And he's directing a lot of people on these sets in some points where there's big parties or big fight scenes or battle scenes or whatever it is. And, like, those, I think for the most part, he's not using CGI or anything. I think it's yeah. real. And so uh, I was really pretty impressed with that. Um, the, I will say that this is a long movie. And it did for me personally, it didn't feel nearly as long as it is. I, I felt like it went by pretty quick. But I could see, with especially with repeating parts of the story, some people could get a little worn out by that. Um, I also think that the um, there might be a, a smidge amount of predictability of where this is going because you already kind of have an idea of what the story is. And so there might be some, but like you said, this took a turn that you weren't expecting. And I think it is, it is a lot about how the story is told and not what the story is. And I think that's a huge aspect of the movie for me. Yeah. The, the runtime, it is a little long. It, it maybe didn't feel quite as long as the runtime is. Um, but it still felt to me fairly long. Um, and th- the thing I have to say about that though, is that if it isn't, if they don't repeat some of the scenes like they do um, the effect of, that this film had on me is completely lost. Mm -hmm. It is very, very important that we see essentially the story told from these different perspectives um, in order for all of the pieces to truly come together and to have the uh, message that is the reason that this story is being told in the first place. Um, Without that, then it's a very common uh, kind of drama, drama e action type film, and uh, then it, it's not as good as I think the film actually is. Right. So, uh, despite it being a two and a half hour movie, um, it needed I think all two and a half hours in order for it to fully land in the way that it does. Um, Talking about the production, this is my only real critique, and it's it is simply because I think there are so many amazing filmmakers out there uh, that kind of, from a cinematography standpoint, from some more interesting editing, because um, the editing is very good in this movie. It is very good, and it, it's an important aspect of the movie, but it doesn't stand out when you put it up against uh, some some other films that will be coming out this year that I'm sure are going to have absolutely incredible um editing and we already know just based upon what we have seen from trailers of other movies that are coming out this year that the cinematography for this film isn't on the same level as some of those other films that are coming out and so that is honestly my my biggest critique of this is that it's just uh when when i'm looking at awarding a film like this um oscar nominations at the end of the year uh, it just doesn't stand up to some of those other films that we're going to see a little bit further down the line. Now, the sound in this movie, I think, is 
fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it should get an Oscar nomination. I don't know that it will, but it should get an Oscar nomination because it is just so well done. Um, and that, that to me, I, I really, really stood out. Now, the last thing that I think that we should talk about before we move into the spoiler section of this show is um, the performances. And I think that there is one absolutely standout performance. And then there are uh, a handful of performances that I think are very good. Um, But in a crowded field of great performances this year, they'll probably be forgotten. Um, But I think the one performance that really stands out for me is Jodie Comer. Um, I think she is fantastic in this because uh, more so than the other characters in the film, depending on which perspective we are seeing, uh, she plays the character a little bit differently. And uh, I think that that really, really stands out. Um, I don't know if she is going to be in the lead character uh, the lead character category or not she should be because she is in my opinion the main character in this film um but uh if she regardless of whatever category she's in she should certainly be in the conversation to get nominations um because she is absolutely brilliant and i had never really experienced her that much before i have never seen the show killing eve which is kind of her big uh breakthrough performance um but i think she is a up and coming star and that she's going to get a lot more roles and is going to have a very successful career because she's an excellent actress. Yeah. She's a huge standout of the movie. And I think that uh, particularly it's, it's kind of a shame that, I mean, I'm, I, I'm happy they tell the story the way they do, but it's kind of a shame that you get most of the focus on her until like the second half of the movie, because like, she's really gets to show her chops at that point. And uh, there's also even within her own perspective, the way she acts around different people is so key into, into who her character is. And um, yeah, I, I was kind of, again, she's new to me and I haven't seen killing Eve. And so I'm just excited to see her and more stuff Um, of the kind of other three male performances uh, ben Affleck, Adam Driver, and Matt Damon. Uh, I have to say, I, I was enjoying watching Ben Affleck so much in this movie. It's like the weirdest Ben Affleck part I've ever seen him play, and he actually pulls it off. You know, like I don't think it. It kind of like feels like it shouldn't work, but it does. And uh, it, part of it is just because like he's just playing a a jerk, you know, and like he's just. Uh, I think he's good at that regardless of the time period. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, he's great in this. Uh, he's kind of always, he sort he plays a part, a partier type character. Yeah. Times where he's drunk and he seems drunk, yeah. and very, but it's very subtle. Uh, and it's like not an over the top performance in terms of like, I don't feel like he overdid it, which he could have easily had done. Um, but every single time that he's in the scene, you are completely drawn into his performance and he kind of steals, I think the scene from, uh, even Adam driver who Adam driver is a fantastic actor. Uh, this is a pretty understated performance from him. He's not doing anything overly special. He's just being Adam, uh, Adam driver as a good actor. Uh, and then, uh, Matt Damon's fine in his role as well. Yeah. But they're both both of those characters are kind of stoic, and uh, in particular Matt Damon's character, he doesn't show a, a other than anger. He doesn't show a ton of emotion, right. um, and so uh, yeah, I think I would in order of the four main performances in this, I would say that uh, Comer's number one, uh, Affleck is number two, Driver's number three, and uh, Damon is number four. I agree. I think that's right. And uh, the only thing that I wanted to say too about uh, Affleck in this is that he is, um, I think, and this is true of all the actors actually, like I think that they could have gone way overboard with their performance, but they're all pretty grounded. And what it really honestly felt like, because this takes place in France, they're not doing French accents. They're kind of doing like maybe, maybe subtle British accents. Yeah those who aren't British in the film already. Yeah. And 
it's almost like watching Shakespeare in a way. Like you're there, you're just seeing them as the character and that's, what's most important. And it's totally acceptable for the movie. I think like you don't question it really. At least I didn't, it didn't bother me. At at first I kind of questioned it at the beginning of the movie. I'm like, well, this is kind of funny. Um, But then I just completely forgot about it and it didn't bother me at all as the movie went on because I was so engrossed with everything else that was happening. Um, that yeah it it felt it felt all right yeah. um ben affleck probably in let's say like last year if this movie had come out there's a good chance he would have been nominated for a supporting actor for this uh movie because i think it is a really good performance um he's gonna fall a little bit through the cracks he also has another movie coming out this year called the tender bar where he supposedly is very good in that um, and is receiving a little bit of buzz for supporting actor. It's a George Clooney uh, directed film. And so um, I, apparently he's going to have two pretty good roles this year, um, both supporting roles, which is kind of interesting for Matt or for uh, Ben Affleck, who has made a career of being a leading man. So, um, but I think he's fine with it. And it's uh, yeah. So I think that I think that might be a good place to kind of stop and then we can uh, take a break here real quick and come back and talk about um, maybe some comparisons to other things. Uh, Spoil the movie for those who have seen it or who don't really care that we're going to spoil the movie Um, because there's some good stuff that I think we can talk about that in a little bit more detail uh, that that we will have to spoil the movie in order to talk about. So Mm -hmm. stay right there. And if you want to listen to the spoiler part of the show, um, come on back. And we are back. We've been talking about Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. um, And we wanted to be able to talk a little bit more in detail about this film. But in order to do so, it requires us to spoil some things and uh, potentially spoil some other movies um, or stories uh, along the way. And so we, we wanted to kind of separate this from the rest of everything else. So uh, immediately uh, as I'm watching this, it, it gave me a very close feel to the crucible. Um, Mm. I think that it has some similar things that are happening here um, about credible sources and uh, and who during the time period is relied upon and frankly who during our current uh, our, our current time period um, who we listen to more than others and uh, this is a very I think this film is very very conscious of the fact that it is 2021 in mm-hmm. Hollywood in particular is dealing with uh, sex scandals where um, for basically the entire entirety of Hollywood uh, they have uh, been on the side of those male actors who have over and over and over again, male actors and producers and directors and uh, people in the business who have over and over and over again uh, been gotten away with sexually uh, assaulting um, females within the business. And uh, I, I, this, <laughs> this is a very, very relevant uh, concept and it's very clear what message they are trying to send without actually just shoving it in your face. And uh, as I was watching it, I'm thinking the only problem that I see with this is that you have this written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And I had totally forgotten that Nicole Hall of Center had uh, also co-wrote this with them. And so getting that female perspective in there, I think is really important. And it's not uh, males coming in and kind of stealing this moment entirely Mm -hmm. away from uh, a story that frankly is uh, about the female experience of not being believed 
when she says she has been raped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and something that's interesting about the movie altogether is even though there, it clearly has that heavy message in there. And there's, I would say, very difficult scenes to watch in terms of the what she experiences, but then also there's some brutal violence in this movie as well at times. And so even though there's that, there is like a satirical aspect of the movie that comes off as pretty funny at times, which is strange to say. And an example of that, first of all, is just kind of how the cruel kind of indifference of the king. He's kind of goofy. Um, it kind of carries along with Ben Affleck's character as the count, but then also the the way the doctor and then all of the people in the court are like, well, the woman has to be able to uh, experience uh, orgasm to be able to conceive a child, you know, like that, that whole thing. We all know that's, a, that's a scientific fact. Like the, their certainty about something that they like don't know anything about is something that comes off, I think is, kind of funny in the movie and is played for humor. And so I think that's another level of the movie that makes it interesting is that at the same time of it is exploring something that is so heavy and doing so, I think in a pretty powerful manner, it's also able to kind of poke fun at us today in that way. And it can be entertaining at the same time, which is just kind of uh, impressive, I think. And that's ultimately why I think it is, a strong movie is it's doing a lot of different things. Well, you were talking about the idea that uh, where they are kind of making ridiculous statements, but the fact of the matter is that that was their belief during that time period. And I think that that's one of the uh, kind of comparisons to the crucible where we get this information in from a 20th, 21st century uh, point of view and recognize that that is absolutely ridiculous. The Mm -hmm. idea that somebody can't be impregnated through rape is absolutely ridiculous. And, uh, and so that being their argument, um, I felt like that really, really, really kind of, uh, fits in that same wheelhouse as what they're trying to do with the crucible a little bit. And the fact that you compared it to the crucible, I didn't even think of that. But as soon as you said that, that fits so perfectly. And there's just those little lines that people say in, in that movie and this movie that really resonate with you and feel like it could exist in our modern day. And the, the scene is in this movie for me that that happens is the court scene. And it's the sequence where they, her friend says, well, you, your friend claims that you even said he was a handsome man, like that yeah. you, and so it's her having to defend there's a difference between saying somebody's handsome doesn't mean that like you invite any sort of action from that and so i think that was a poignant writing moment in the screenplay that i think really worked yeah there's Um, there's a lot of nuance in that and i think that that's uh it's sort of subtle but it lands especially when you when you the film does a good job and maybe Maybe I just entered into this film in a way that, um, and I think about this these topics on a more regular basis than probably the uh, a average film goer. Um, but those moments hit, and I I presume that they probably would for most viewers. But uh, it, the perspectives, even the some of the other female characters, where. Um, this clearly has happened to all of them too, and they're unwilling to say anything about it because of uh, just the times, and that and they know that fear it's of not being listened to. They, I mean, they, she she was on she was potentially going to be killed for uh, stepping up and in, in actually standing for the truth. Right, and, uh, and the only the, the, the uh, and this is the messy difference is that. She had somebody who was advocating for her, but at the same time, he was doing it with kind of the wrong intention. Right. And that's 100% what you get from that is that he is more interested in saving his own butt than saving her. And right. I think that there is some moments of recognition that he, where he kind of understands a little bit that he's maybe in the wrong but it doesn't keep him from still doing it because the entire movie he is wronged 
over and over and over and over again. And then he makes this rape about him and not about what she's going through. And that's, that's the part where, um, I, I think about a movie like Promising Young Woman, which uh, in a way doesn't have any catharsis, but also has a lot of catharsis at the same time. And this movie kind of feels similar in that way. Um, in fact, it probably has less catharsis uh, yeah. because you it know- It doesn't feel like her triumph at the end. No, you don't get that triumph because she didn't actually win. Um, she survived. She survived. Yeah, you're you're a hundred percent right in that. Um, and she almost went through more than than her husband uh, does, despite the fact that he almost is killed. Um, yeah. And uh, as a spoiler, yes, he does end up killing Adam Driver's character. Yes, and, uh, it is a very gory ending. <laughs> um, well, and here here's the thing that is interesting: is Adam Driver is clearly a bad guy. Yeah. But Matt Damon's character is also terrible. Like yep. they, they are, I would say, almost equally bad. Um, and that's what also makes their perspectives really interesting at the very beginning. Uh, something that I noticed that I wanted to kind of talk about is there, there's when you're watching the perspectives, you're aware of, okay, they're telling this for a certain reason, you know, like they are, they are laying out their perspective and the things that are included in that, that perspective is for a reason. And so um, even still, it's, it's always interesting to kind of see what things they would include. And so I thought it was interesting in Matt Damon's uh, perspective or, or the Jean de Carouge was that when he's knighted, he includes the fact that other people didn't like care that he was getting, and he told them to be quiet, you know? And so like, it shows you that he has such a chip on his shoulder. He believes that he is all on his own. That's his full idea. Like that he does everything on his own. No one gives him the respect that he deserves. And then on the flip side of that, Adam driver, who it like, so Matt Damon's character comes off very proud in that way, but Adam driver almost seems like too calm. He he's overly like benevolent about certain situations. He always takes the high road in these and you kind of can surmise that that's just his, you know, controlling of his own narrative that he's going to make himself out to be the good guy. Who's not, you know, stomping around and being angry. And the biggest example of it's something that I thought was really cool to see that difference is the the sequence where they give uh Adam Driver's character a captaincy that was that Matt Damon's character thought belonged to him well when Matt Damon tells that he doesn't even he he retells that story the way he wants to to his wife but we actually see what goes down from Adam Driver's perspective in that second one and it makes Matt Damon out to be like just the worst you know <laughs> like he's just just stomping around and getting angry and they laugh at him because he can't get up on his horse and yeah. I don't know I, I I think the perspective change even though it repeats a lot of the things really works and it's again it's all the subtle things that show character through action it's not just the dialogue it's what they do it's how they make decisions it's their actions that show who they are that is so interesting yeah um i 100 percent agree with that and the yeah the the kind of subtle differences the thing that i noticed a lot was uh especially watching um uh, jody comer's face in her reactions to certain things uh i'll be interested to watch this this movie again because i am interested in being more in tune with uh, their reactions in the earlier part of the movie um, mm-hmm. that I wasn't so much uh, in tune with because I didn't realize that we were going to see it again from different perspectives. And uh, so I, I will be very interested to rewatch this and look for some of those kind of subtle um, facial expressions and the way that uh, these actors are, are reacting differently. Um, similar, very similar but the tone is different um, because of the perspective that we are seeing things through. Uh, right. So um, I, 
I think that's very interesting. One, did you notice? So there's there's a lot of kind of partying and uh, going on with the Adam Driver character and Ben Affleck's character, and there's a sequence where it's kind of the first time we see this with Adam Driver, and he's like playfully chasing uh, a woman. And did you notice the parallel of the way that was shot and the way that it's shot with well, Jodie Comer later in the story? What do you mean with the the way that it was shot or like just the, the action, I guess the blocking of the scene? Yeah. I mean, it was very, very similar in the way that that was the case. Uh, and clearly there was more of a playful, um, tone to it the first time around uh and but at the same yeah what was, what was that i was just gonna you were about to say but and then i but was at gonna... the same time it was foreshadowing for what we know is coming and uh the kind of juxtaposition of these two scenes um within the film i think the way that it is blocked makes it that much more powerful and how, because, because honestly, the, the message of this is the kind of how, how hard it is to really define rape. And uh, because one party feels like it is not, um, and I'm, they're not trying to say that it isn't, but no. uh, that, that very clearly it was rape, but right even if he interprets it, interprets it as not being rape, it doesn't change the fact that it still is rape. And so having those well, two- Because he, was, he has a side of the story, people tend to listen to that person at times. And right. so- But the it, first time around was essentially rape too. Right. <laughs> it, it just was that it was a more playful environment. And maybe ultimately she, uh, that, that woman in that scene had pleasure within that scene, but it- was not she didn't that that was not her intention in that moment no and that's that so that's the thing that makes this interesting is when you see the the adam driver perspective you are almost not like i guess i was surprised how clearly it was that she didn't want to partake in this at all and he was okay with that you know and he was so delusional about it but because you get that earlier scene with the girl at the party, you can you understand that he's delusional about it all. He believes that the relationship between a man and a woman is that a man's going to do this and then a woman will kind of follow suit and not put up a fight. And even if they're playfully, quotes, playfully putting up a fight, that is something different. Well, it is so clear. I mean, again, the the it's we see the same sequence happen and a lot of the same things are happening in the Jodie Comer perspective, the Marguerite perspective, but it's, it's infinitely worse in a lot of ways. Like the, the the Adam driver's version is bad. Like it is tough to watch, but her version is definitely worse. Oh yeah. uh, It's, I, I think that gives us insight into how Adam driver's perspective is so, He's telling himself what he wants, well, how he experienced it. Even he, even in his uh, conversation with Pierre, who's the Ben Affleck character, when Ben Affleck straight up asks him, did you rape her? And they have that sort of relationship where he's really honest. And you believe 100% that uh, Adam Driver's character does not, or believes that he did not rape her. Um well, because that's that's just how he perceived the situation uh and he admits to the fact that she fought him on it um but like how and he makes a comment about but you know how women are like they eventually yeah. give in and that it's an enjoyable experience well and that that's that's another thing that's a parallel to like our current time is just showing the flawed mentality about sex specifically for a lot of men who believe you know, it's, this is how it goes. This is what is expected and those sorts of things. And um, not, re- not even listening to mo- women in that moment either. Like not only are they not li- heard after the fact, they're not heard ever <laughs> in the yeah. experience. So um, I, yeah. I think that that is uh, where this movie is interesting because it's, it's pointing out a 
across all of time, this, these things are happening. Yeah. Um, a couple more things that I want to talk about here. There's a few parallels that I thought were kind of interesting and, um, I don't know hundred percent what they're trying to, if they're trying to say this or if I am taking something away from it, but I think clearly in this scene where Matt Damon is stopping a horse from impregnating his horse oh, yeah. into, um, I felt like that was a clear comparison to kind of what's going on here. And because uh, in a way, uh, both Pierre and uh, Jacques, uh, the, uh, the Ben Affleck and Adam Driver characters, they, they both are acting kind of animal-like and just kind of mm-hmm. taking whatever they, you know, feel yep. like they need to. <laughs> and, and so they're like, there's this animal instinct uh, to it. And to have that comparison to what we see in that scene with the horse, I think is a really interesting perspective and kind of how um, then you have the uh, Jody Comer character who really kind of is supportive of this female horse who has been impregnated. Um, and so there's that parallel that I thought was interesting. And then this one is maybe a little bit more of a stretch, but at the very end, as, uh, as Matt Damon is about ready to shove a dagger into, uh, into Adam driver's face, um, like the, in a way that that forcible, um, kind of moment to me, I felt had drew some parallels and kind of the violence of both and how essentially they are kind of one and the same in a way. Um, and I thought that was an interesting uh, sort of parallel as well. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, I don't really know what, how I read this, but also there's something significant about he gets stabbed in the mouth and, you know, it's like uh, almost you know, his actions alone were bad, but his, what he says about it is almost worse. Him not owning up to it. Him, and so like killing that part of him first in a way, I think that that is an interesting way to, to think about it. I also noticed the thing with the, the, the horse and it's kind of a weird, it, it is a little bit on the nose in some ways, I think. But I think that, especially in the way that she's like, well, when when Matt Damon's character is gone for a while, she like is taking control of the property, and she's like, "Well, we have to let them roam free, you know, and like that's going to be healthier for them." And so, like, uh, yeah, I, it's it's in, and that's another way that the movie is more. It's about more than just listening to women. I think it's about the role of women in yeah the society and well how they're giving very little choice at this time and how we can reflect on that now too. I think that, uh, and this is coming from a place of um, some of my viewpoints on religion, but I think that the film has some things to say about religion and its role in rape culture. And, uh, and I think that's an important thing to kind of take away from, from all of this. Um, The, the, the story feels very Shakespearean. um, And frankly, there are a lot of parallels to even Hamilton uh, with the kind of former friends that uh, end up becoming enemies um, in kind of the differing perspectives that we see and uh, how you have sort of these co-leads um, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing uh, in the post Hamilton uh, era um, to be able to compare this a little bit to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a, I don't know. I, I just thought this was a, a very thought provoking and interesting theater experience. And it, it surprised me because I was not expecting that at all. Um, and I, I'm going to be kind of looking to if this, by the end of the year, if this holds as much weight as it does today. Um, and if I will kind of think about it in the same way, um, the fact that I give it a nine probably means that it, it is going to more than likely be a top 10 movie for me this year. Um, and, but we're going to see kind of, as we get to the end of the year, if I still feel that way about this or if, uh, if, 
a, it starts to kind of lose a little bit of its appeal. And then I feel like I want to drop it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, what do you think kind of about that? Yeah. I, I, I'm assuming it's going to hang on for a little bit. I, I like, it's very likely the reason why I ended up, it ended up at the top of my list is I hadn't given any other movie a nine this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, so just out of default, but as we get into seeing some of these other movies that, we could end up being nines for both of us. Um, I think they would potentially be, uh, then it's hard to figure out like, okay, how am I going to value this movie? I think ultimately this, the, the thing that, ha- that maybe marks that has a mark against this movie is it feels like it, it could have been a little bit tighter in terms of the time frame that they did the story in. So they start like 15 years before the, the battle or they, they start in present day and then they go back 15 years. And so I almost wonder if you could tighten that part of the story up a little bit, but I think they, they seemed really, you know, strong. They felt strongly about telling the story as the events happened. And, you know, we've talked in the past about how like biopics or stories about real events can sometimes not translate to a story really well. Well, they were really creative about how they did this and that's what made it work. Um, so yeah, I think because it has that unique storytelling perspective, that gives it a lot of juice to hang on as a top 10 movie for me this year. I, I tend to agree. Um, the, the thing I think that is a little bit frustrating is that this movie may not get a lot of awards love, which means a lot of people probably aren't going to see this movie. Um, and and I think the fact that Ridley Scott has another movie that clearly is kind of the bigger Oscar player uh, is going to hurt this even more. Um, Now that uh, 20th Century Studios, formerly uh, 20th Century Fox, is now owned by Disney, uh, they're probably not going to push this as hard as maybe some of the other movies that they have coming out this year, like West Side Story. Um, I think that that is clearly going to be their number one movie when it comes to uh, best picture type movies. But I, I think it would be disappointing if this doesn't get at least some awards love. Uh, I think the screenplay is very good, could get nominated in the best adapted screenplay. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up getting left out. Uh, simply just because it's a it's a jam-packed year I feel like maybe in a normal year this does get a little bit more um, praise and a bit a little bit more love but uh, yeah this might be one that kind of just falls through the cracks a little bit and then one last thing that I wanted to mention and this is the I I think the bummer is this is a, a great movie that I would encourage anybody to see if they're willing to kind of grapple with some of the harder to watch sequences um but it didn't make a ton of money over opening weekend and uh you know that that is saddening to me because this is a big budget movie that's not about there are action sequences in this but it's not about that um that's a storytelling mechanism of the story and i i am bummed and there's a lot of factors pandemic is a big factor in this not doing well but it is disappointing that it only made i think like 4.8 million dollars at the box office opening weekend and it's a hundred million dollar movie and it also wasn't a streaming movie so that that is literally all the movie that all the money that it made this weekend um and part of it i think is a bad release date. I mean, it opened against Halloween kills, which right now people are in the mood for more of that scary horror type movie. Uh, So it probably would have benefited from either an earlier release date or a little bit later release date. Um, Because I think even you put this up against some of the other Oscar Beatty type movies, uh, this movie is going to probably, probably be more successful against some of those movies um, simply because it does feel like an action movie from the trailer it looks like something that uh, a more broad audience would maybe want to go see um and and so yeah I, I don't know maybe i feel like they just kind of failed in in promoting this movie and they picked a bad time for it to come out which is 
yeah, like we said, a little bit sad. Yep. But I enjoyed the movie. I really liked it. Yep. And we highly, yeah, I also recommend it if, um, if you are willing to kind of sit through some of the more uh, harder to watch scenes, uh, this could be very triggering to somebody that uh, has been a victim of sexual assault. Um, and, and so maybe, maybe it's not the sort of movie that you want to watch if that's the case, uh, especially because that catharsis isn't there entirely. Um, and, but it, I think it kind of takes a look at the reality of it all. And, uh, yeah. One last thing that I want to talk about kind of pulls us back and then we can close the show here. Uh, is the baby Adam Driver's? Oh yeah, I I don't know, and I think it's okay to not know. I think yeah. that you know that that is another dynamic of the movie that we have to question, and it almost like we said because of how bad both of those men are, it's kind of like regardless of whose baby it is, it's hers and it needs to be only hers in a way rather than when she knows that at that point, she knows that she's on her own and uh, they make a point at the end to kind of give it a happy ending because uh, essentially (laughs) Matt Damon's character dies shortly afterwards. Mm. Um, They don't show it, but they talk, they say that. And then they say that she was able to live a happy life afterwards. So that's, that's nice. Yeah, um, makes you feel at least some like that she she managed to escape uh, some of that oppression and she never got married again. So I think that that shows that she she kind of learned that she just needed to kind of live for herself. When you see that she's pregnant during that court scene, it is pretty shocking. I think I was not expecting that. I, I had a moment of kind of a hypothesis that that's what was going to happen. Um, because they made such a big deal out of the fact that she couldn't get pregnant uh, right. throughout. And I, I wondered if that was what was going to happen. Right. Um, and it could be that it's, and everything is fine, but it makes you think that maybe it, it's Matt Damon's character. Who's actually the, the one who can't reproduce. Um, well, and they, they, as a character, his character is impotent you know like he's he's has shortcomings as a character and that is a i mean not and not to make light of anything i'm just saying like they're they're kind of showing he is he's a flawed character in that way you know yep certainly all right well i think that kind of wraps things up unless you had anything else you wanted to talk about that's it uh all right well next week we got dune and uh We'll surely have a lot to say about Dune when when uh, we we get a chance to see that this upcoming weekend. Um, so look forward to that. And until then, have a great week. We'll see you later. Thank you.